Is that, is that a cliche? Carl, you're a scary guy. <laughs> you're scaring me. <laughs> you're a crazy guy. <laughs> it's fun talking about stuff like this, isn't it? It's fun to fantasize. <laughs> oh, it, it's sick is what it is. We're a couple of sick puppies. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lamberts. I'm joined this evening, once again, by Clary... Every time, every time, Clary Claypool. <laughs> Carrie Claypool. Jesus Christ. This movie's melted my brain. Hi, Carrie. Hi, too much alliteration for you there, huh? Yeah. So... Our movie this episode, and I think we're going to burn through this quick because it's absolutely not worth the time it's going to take us to talk about it. <laughs> uh, Let's Kill Grandpa This Christmas from 2017. Now, watching this movie and identifying very quickly that it's basically uh, incel Reddit thrown into a blender and vomited out <laughs> onto a, s- a screenplay... That's accurate. Oh, so accurate. Um, but I thought, you know what? Maybe this is a failed attempt at bad satire. So why don't I take a quick run around Twitter, look up this director, look at the movie's Twitter page, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you, you're going to see a lot of likes and retweets of mega bullshit. And wouldn't you know it, sure enough. So any thought that this was, you know, satire or poking fun at both sides or any of that, like, nope, that's not what it is. This is someone who has a real dumb agenda and decided to make a movie about it. <laughs> I can't. I have no comment. Just the title alone. It's let Let's Kill Grandpa, and then in parentheses, this Christmas. I think it depends. Well, it was probably called Let's Kill Grandpa, and then they <coughs> added this Christmas later. Or it, it probably depends on where you look. I think if you look on Letterbox versus IMDb versus Amazon versus Tubi, it's probably it might be different. But um, yeah. So. Let's get right into it. It starts out okay. There's a knock at a door. There's a beware of dog sign. No dog in this movie. No, no dog. Um, But, I mean, people do that sometimes just to scare people away. Um, And the door is opened by the titular grandpa, Kenny. And there's some uh, evangelicals at his door trying to preach at him. And he says... I don't fuck with Jesus, and Jesus doesn't fuck with me. And for a moment, I thought, hey, this might be my kind of movie. Maybe. No, it's not, though. The, we cut from that immediately to $45 worth of New York stock footage that someone paid for. Like, the most stockiest of stock footage. <laughs> like, a bunch of taxis in Grand Central Station, and it doesn't have anything to do with anything other than to tell us we're in New York City. Um, we meet Carl, I guess the hero of the movie, sort of? 
Yeah, he seems to be the main guy that the story kind of is told through, but he's not likable in any way, shape, or form. No, none of the characters are. But a lot of that comes from, I think, the skewed point of view of the writer and the director that, I mean, I will get into it, but this is definitely somebody who's getting called a soy boy on Twitter, like, you know, that nonsense. Um, he comes into his office. He's trying to talk to the secretary, and here here it begins. Um, the secretary says she identifies as androgynous and gender fluid, and I answer to the pronoun Z, which I had to look up. It was a real... I hadn't heard that one before, so maybe... I've, I've heard that before. I'm not as woke as I should be either, I guess, but... Um, so right off the bat, it's like, is that supposed to, like, is that a funny joke? Like, I'm waiting for the I identify as an attack helicopter bullshit. Like, really in 2017, you're putting, you thought this was a funny. I don't know that it was a joke so much as it was a jab at those who are not your traditional cisgendered people. It I didn't really, I wasn't getting the thought that, oh, they're trying to make a joke. I almost felt like it was a jab. Well, yeah, I mean, a, jo- a quote-unquote joke, but I mean, it's a mean-spirited jab that's clearly like, get a load of this. Can you believe you got to hear this shit all day? Like, right. And we're in the first two minutes of this movie, so <laughs> right off the bat. And the, the whole rest of the scene in the office lays out for you exactly, this is when I started going, okay, I see what this movie is now. It's not satire, it's... Mega shit. It's right wing fucking because then Carl's ball and Carl is this nebbishy. He's got a crazy put on voice like the nerdlinger voice. Like he's just this meek put upon sad little cuck. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like we're almost supposed to feel sorry for him because somehow his manhood has been threatened by something. Oh, all the manhoods in this movie are being threatened because every woman in this movie is horrible piece of garbage who you know this is how bitches are like it's such it's so on its sleeve that it wears it's (laughs) you know shitty ideas but yeah his boss or partner or something in this law firm who is wearing a kippah or a yarmulke whichever it is or, or is that the same thing i'm not sure um which who's an asshole and a douchebag immediately. And I'm not I'm not going to go so far as to say that this filmmaker is anti-Semitic. What I will say is choosing to make this asshole douchebag character flamboyantly Jewish <laughs> is a decision. And you've made that decision for a reason. I can't imagine it's a good reason. You don't just accidentally like, oh, and this guy's do it like, it's a pointed. You know, look at this money hungry Jew. <laughs> like it's not good. No, this definitely builds on the stereotype, but in a really horrible negative way. And he launches into a speech about how his dad died a broke cuck, a broke cuckold. And I'm like, okay, so so far we have po- probable anti-Semitic anti-semitism 
pronoun jokes. The word cuck. He's sitting in front of an Ayn Rand Atlas Shrug poster. I'm like, okay. This scene has just explained everything you are going to need to know about this movie. And whether it's for you or not, it's probably not. Though I will say, I did look up on um, IMDb. I did look up some reviews. And of course, most of them are horrible because it's a horrible movie but there's a couple like nine and ten stars that stuck in there like this was a great movie me and my friends laugh non-stop and the acting is really good and i promise you i promise you those reviews were written by people who made this movie <laughs> <laughs> you probably because even if somehow you enjoyed this movie to say that the acting in this movie is good is insane oh the acting is <laughs> I don't even know what it's called, but it's not acting. It's horrible. Horrible. So, <laughs> and then this his, this guy's Jewish boss, you know, tells him he's, he's, he's getting let go and then proceeds to punch him in the face. And, like, really, so he's already, <laughs> like, it's so over the top and so bananas um, that we cut to two months later. Carl has not told his wife. Uh, Lee, L-E-I-G-H, Lee, um, that he's gotten let go yet. He um, is pretending to go to work and pretending <laughs> and telling her that, like, well, he had told her that there was going to be this big Christmas bonus, and obviously he's not getting that now. Um, and he hasn't told her that yet, and she's up his ass about, get out of, get out of bed and go, like, she's a, sh- a shrill harpy at all times. Which, again, is a decision. That's not a character you're writing. That's a woman you're writing. You know? There's a difference. Yeah, it's definitely a, a statement about how they feel that all women are. Yeah, either that or a drunken lush, which the other woman in the movie is. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, but no, th- don't get me wrong. None of the men in this movie are, with the exception maybe of the guy in the wheelchair we'll we'll get to him um is like a good human being but he has his own issues and yeah we'll we'll come to that um i have written down in quotes you're such a nice guy but i don't know why i wrote that down i have no idea i think it's brett Brett, Brett is his brother-in-law. his brother, yes, Carl's brother-in-law. Carl is married to Lee, Lee and, oh God, Jen. who cares? Lee and Jen are sisters. Grandpa Kenny is their grandpa. Carl is married to Lee. Brett is married to Jen, so they are brother-in-laws. Um He's trying to get a hold. He stops by the off. He's trying to, well, first he's trying to call Carl. And I think that's what the you're such a nice guy thing came from. Maybe that's the right time frame of the scene. But, um, and he runs into Carl's boss, the Jewish guy who fired him. And he's like, oh, I came to see Carl. And he's like, oh, didn't he tell you? He got let go a long time ago. And they replaced him with some guy from Harvard. Like Harvard's a swear word. Like, fuck because we can pay him half as much. Yeah, it's such. <laughs> um, 
Carl is at home, not at work, and he's having a dream where he's basically Duke Silver from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> like he's Ron Swanson's jazzy alter ego. Like he's playing saxophone and getting his wife all turned on. But it's just a dream because she's actually shrilly shrieking at him to wake up and go get his Christmas bonus. So he's he's yeah he's this beta male who wants to like please this woman and be a ro- be romantic. God forbid. Yeah, and she's really angry. Like, the mortgage is late, and we need this Christmas bonus, and she's just not a nice human at all. No mention of what she does for work. No. One assumes... Well, I, guess I won't assume that she doesn't, but there's no mention whatsoever of what she does for a job. And, so and, and they make it clear they have no children. So she's not yes. staying home to take care of any children. And she might be working, and they just don't say it. But you, the going with the tone of the rest of the film, you imagine that she just sits at home on her ass while he goes and pays the bills, because ain't that what women do? Right. Right. Ugh. This. Oh, man. I try not to get personal in attacks, you know, Trying to talk about people's look. I mean, I'll say if somebody's a bad actor or not, and everybody in this movie's a bad actor. But, you know, I don't make fun of people's looks. And I try not to get personal, especially since last week I talked to the writer and director of a bad film, and it, he was a wonderful guy. We had a wonderful conversation. Um, so I try not to get personal. But should the man who, I'm not even going to say his name, it's Brian something, who wrote and directed this film, have perhaps a Google search? for this movie and stumbles across this podcast and is listening to it I'm not afraid to let him know judging solely he has some other movies maybe I'll watch them and change my mind probably not but judging solely on the content and context of this film probably not well and also his Twitter and that all of the Trump shit that he liked and probably not a great dude no oh I'm can't be <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're listening to this by chance, Brian, I'd be better, do better, I don't know. <laughs> um, Carl has taken this ring. Yeah, that's coming up. First we meet Brett and Jen and Ray. Ray. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Now, Ray is in a wheelchair, and he has, at all times, a bandage wrapped around his head. <laughs> which, <laughs> which makes no sense because that would heal. Well, the kind of t- well, also we th- we are told later in the film that he got he was in he was in the war he was injured in the war that's why he's in the wheelchair and he got a steel plate in his head. How long ago? <laughs> because first off, you can see the top of his head. The bandage is like around the side of his head, like around like his ears and above his ears. I don't think they put a plate in your skull from the side. I guess it depends on where the plate is, but it's the it's the pictorial evidence of like head oh trauma. this man has head trauma yeah. yes which would explain why he is this actor and I'm perhaps it was his choice but I'm guessing he was directed to do this and I'm about to use a word that I do not use but I promise you the writer and director of this film used probably in his screenplay and certainly on set this actor is using retard voice. Yes? Yes. 
There's no other word for it. Like it, and this makes Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump seem subtle. Like this is a crazy voice that he's doing to represent a person with mental problems or mental, you know. And I found it offensive, honestly. Which was probably, I mean, I'm guessing a lot of this movie is intended to be, you know, offensive without ever actually, like, saying anything of consequence. It's like that safe sort of offensive of, like, which I guess it worked because here we are sitting all us, <laughs> us libtards are sitting here all offended, but I'm more offended by the lack of quality in every aspect of this movie than I am by anything that was supposed to offend me. But there's things you don't do. Right, right. If you're a normal, sane person, and this voice that this actor has either chosen or been instructed to do is preposterous. It's the most over the top. It's like the thing you would do if you were on a, if like the the playground bully in fourth grade would do to make fun of a Down syndrome kid down the hall. You know what I mean? Like it's so, <coughs> it's bad bad news. Um, Brett goes to leave, forgets his phone. His wife Jan sees that he's gotten a sexy text from. Thomas, it says. It's like, oh, it was, so, you know, something like. Last night, it was so sexy. It looks at uh, something. Sexy. Yeah, I can't wait till we can do it again or whatever. And she says nothing. He comes back in to get his phone, and she does not mention it at all. Which. And later on, I kind of thought in my head, I thought that perhaps she did nothing because she's expecting to get this inheritance. And maybe she thought, I just got to bide my time till Grandpa dies and we get the house and then I'll get my half of the house, my half of the money. And that was kind of where my head went when we learned later on in the movie that there was this inheritance that they were expecting. Yeah, but she could kick Brett out right now because he's not related to Grandpa. She's, it's her Grandpa. That's right, that's right. And it's, she's not getting, well, she's getting this house that she doesn't even want anyway. Right. When that's the big rift, we'll get to it, but that's the big rift between the sisters is that Carl and Lee are getting $2.2 million that this old man has apparently squirreled away, buried gold in his backyard or some shit. You wouldn't tell by looking at his house that he's a millionaire. So I don't know what that's about. But, and uh, Jen and Brett are going to get stuck with his house, which she doesn't even want, and she hates it. We'll come to find out. But, yeah, so she sees this text. She does nothing about it. Um, <coughs> I guess that's when Brett goes and finds out that Carl was fired. So I still don't know what the you're such a nice guy line was, but who gives a shit? Um, Carl is sitting in a parking garage... He has. He puts a red mask, a red ski mask, over his head. Yeah, he's distressed. He's not answering Brett's phone calls. Um, he does answer a call from Lee, who's asking him, you know, where's my wedding ring? I can't find my wedding ring. Have you seen it? And he's like, did you look in the jewelry box? He's like, and so of course, yeah, I looked in the jewelry box. Where else would it be? That's where jewelry go. Like just every chance to cut this man down. 
Because he's this sad, put-upon little cuck. <laughs> and she's the evil, mean woman who knocks men's masculinity down. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, look, not all women are great. I love women. There are awful women. But the thesis of this movie seems to be that all women are awful. <laughs> so <laughs> at least the only examples we're given. So I don't know. Um... She can't find her wedding ring because he has it. He's looking to sell it to someone on Craigslist. So he puts the ski mask on, and a guy in a ski mask comes up to the car and is like, oh, you the guy from Craigslist? Yeah, why do you have a ski mask on? Well, I, I wanted to be discreet in case we knew each other. You're in New York City. What are the odds? <laughs> okay. So that's just dumb. And he's like, why do you have a ski mask? Well, because I'm robbing you. And, well, but... First, he gives him the money. He gives he trades him the money for the ring, and then he checks out the ring. Then he pulls a gun out to rob him. Why? If you were gonna pull a gun and rob this guy at gunpoint, why give him? Why even bring money? Like there's there was no like ruse happening. It was two seconds later you pulled the gun out. There was no reason to give this unless it was gonna. You were worried that he was gonna like, oh, uh, you first ring in money at the same time kind of thing. I don't know, but it, it's pretty stupid. Yeah, very stupid. Um, so now he has no money, and he, and the ring has been stolen, so now he's really up shit creek with his wife, and really, who's still haranguing him about this Christmas bonus, and he's trying to explain to her that, like, oh, I'm supposed to come get it, but, and I'm doing the, the voice I'm doing for him, it's actually much worse, I'm like, I'm doing a pretty mellow version of it, it's a way worse version than that, but he's, <coughs> you know, i Oh, so-and-so was supposed to be here to give him out, but he's not here, so I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. It's sad. He's a sad, sad man. Um, even sadder in the next scene, when Lee is sitting in the car watching him attempt to carry luggage and a number of packages down the steps to put in the car, and she's just sitting there, not only not helping him as he struggles and drops them because he's a weak little soy boy, but it's like mocking him and like hurry up will you hurt like not helping at all because she's terrible and he's weak and it's so it's such cliche shit um he brings his saxophone yeah he brings that saxophone so he can <laughs> i don't know what be romantic with the ladies i guess is his excuse but we never actually see him play it do we other than in dream sequences? Yeah, and then there's also, at that same time, there's this scene with Lee and Jen and what was the other guy's name? The guy in the wheelchair? Ray. Ray. When they're all in the car driving to Grandpa's. Brett. Brett. And Jen. Brett and Jen, yeah. yep. And they're all driving to Grandpa's, and it, they're singing 12 Days of Christmas, and then she tells them to stop, and then somebody farts, and she's like, what is that smell? It was just the most pointless scene. Yeah, well, I think it's furthering the idea that Jen is very tired of having to be saddled with uh, who she'll refer to in a little while <laughs> when she's talking to Lee. Uh, she compares taking care of Ray when Brett's gone to taking care of an animal who shits on shits and pees himself and that she has to clean, like... This wheelchair-bound 
<laughs> veteran with head trauma you're describing like that. So Jen's not great either. She's a bad person as well. Yeah, I think that's just the general idea of the movie is women are not cool. Yeah, no, no, yeah, nobody's cool. Ray's kind of the only <laughs> cool person in the movie. Kind of sort of grandpa by the end, but it's a long road to get there. Um, so they arrive. Brett's trying to sell Jan on how cool grandpa's house is, and she's not having it. She's like, this is a dump. And he's like, no, it's because he wants to, you know, because that's their part of the inheritance. So I guess he's trying to, well, because what he hasn't told her, we'll come to find out is that he was also laid off from his job. So they're probably going to lose one imagines their house soon. So thank God grandpa's giving a house if he would just hurry up and die. <coughs> There's a conversation about grandpa being at the doctor because he's not there when they get there so that's why they're walking around the house and saying all this stuff and they're talking about how grandpa's at the doctor but he's really healthy yeah he went to get an arrhythmia checked and he then it winds up being fine so it was just an excuse to not have him there really but um there's a conversation about happy or lisa's happy as a house and carl corrects her oh it's happy as a lark which, I mean, all right, maybe don't, you don't have to correct somebody. Healthy, healthy as a lark. I thought it was Yeah, said. and then, yes, that's right. And, and then he's healthy as a horse, and they had, like, this weird. Yeah, there's a conversation about, well, like, uh, like then what is a, nobody but him, nobody but Carl knows what a lark is, and then, like, how do you even know what that is? And he's like, what, it's not wrong to, like, love woodland creatures. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> stupid. But, yeah, it's. Yeah, you don't need to correct. If somebody says an idiom incorrectly, you don't need to correct them necessarily. But when he does, it's another opportunity for her to be like, oh, who, like, oh, look at you. You know what larks are. Like, who cares? Oh, I said it wrong. Like, it's just more of this dif dysfunction and more chance for him to be embarrassed. Um, we and. Jan leave to go get a Christmas tree because Grandpa doesn't have one. Um, that's when the taking care of an animal conversation happens. There's a conversation about whether Brett is cheating or not. And um, Lee tells the story that, oh, I thought Carl was cheating on me once. But um, he was actually... So I followed him, and he's actually just getting hair plugs, which was supposed to be this big secret that she has now revealed to her sister. Um, which, I mean, if those are hair plugs, they're <laughs> pretty pretty good looking. Did a good job. Um, <laughs> Brett and Carl are out. Wood. Being manly, chopping wood. Yeah, being manly, chopping wood, drinking cocoa or coffee or something out with mugs just out in the yard. And they have, I played the clip at the beginning, but they have, they have this insane conversation. <laughs> like, it's fun to fantasize. So crazy. <laughs> like, it's such, no one talks the way they talk. But the gist of it is, is that Brett is trying to groom Carl into killing grandpa he's like you know oh i've had like fantasies about killing grandpa how about you how would you do it oh i'd do it with a pillow or an anvil an anvil <laughs> ridiculous um 
and Brett's like, oh, you know, I, I fantasized about putting rat poison in his coffee. In fact, I did more than fantasize. I drove out to the house one night, and I was going to pull into his driveway, and I was going to get the job done. But then I thought, you know what? My poor brother-in-law, who's such a schmuck and such a cuck and has no self-respect, needs to do this for us as some sort of character building exercise or something that like this will make you more of a man so instead of me doing it i'm gonna have you do it and he hands him this rat poison like put it in his tea later it reminded me of the mark twain story where he gets where the kid gets everybody to paint his fence for him i can't remember all the details but he has this trick he does where it's really special to paint it and so he gets all the neighborhood kids to paint a fence for him and he sits there and watches that's got to be a, a Tom Sawyer or a Huck Finn, yeah? Yeah, it's um, a short story. Um, <coughs> yeah, so he's trying to convince Carl to do this. Carl's not sold on it necessarily. Grandpa finally arrives. He's ornery from the get-go. You know, who? Why? why how do you get in here? Why are you walking around with shoes in my house? And you're a lush, and you, <laughs> what are you going to give her? a baby because time's running out and she's going to be menopause and I don't even know who you Carl are. I don't remember you. Like <laughs> he's just immediately launches into everybody. Even Ray, you know, they're like, Oh, he was injured in the war. And he's like, Oh, these damn wars. And they're like, Oh, he's, he was killing terrorists. We were fighting terrorists. And he's like, oh, we're, we're all terrorists. Like it's real. He's, it's because at this point we don't know. Who are we supposed to be rooting for? Are we supposed to be rooting for Grandpa? Because he's like this rickety, ornery old hippie with the hippie ideas and conspiracy theories about aliens and JFK and... And smoking weed. You know, so we can't be on his side, but we can't be on Carl and Brett's side because they're both, you know, Brett's this manipulative asshole who's cheating on his wife with someone <laughs> um and yeah carl's this little mouse of a man and the women are both terrible so who who are we supposed to be rooting for we have no idea probably ray is the only one that you can look at and go there's an innocent <laughs> he's the only one here who's not terrible to everyone around them or because Carl is nice, but Carl's too nice. You know how guys are too nice? These wimps. Yeah, and Grandpa actually, I wrote it down, uh, asks Carl, are you a man or a mouse? Yeah, he's got a lot of opinions about a lot of things. Including, uh, women are the new men, clits are cocks, cocks are clits. Which is another great, like, oh cool, now we're going to get into like... You know what I don't need in this quote-unquote comedy about a murder plot at Christmas gender politics and like <laughs> like what you, none of this is it's just it's I keep there's lots of dead air because I don't even yeah. know what because well, it's stupefying it's it a is. stupefying film to watch and every now and then there's a line that just it would make me laugh not because it was funny but just because it was a line that just kind of embodied the stupidity of the whole thing like the man or the mouse line 
Um, or another one where Grandpa says, if you smoke the right plants, you'll know everything. Yeah, he's got some ideas about plants, too. Um, he keeps a gun in the microwave to shoot raccoons with, <laughs> which <laughs> he goes out to do. We see, so everybody's bedded down for the night. Carl can't sleep because he's got a lot on his mind. Is he going to go Grandpa or not? On the dresser next to the bed that he and Lee are sleeping in, or that Lee's sleeping and he's tossing and turning in, um, is one of those classic like Jesus paintings. But I don't understand why it would be in this house of a man who, in the first his first line in the movie, says, "I don't fuck with Jesus, and Jesus don't fuck with me." Like this isn't a Christian. Why does he have this that classic Jesus painting in the in the, like the spare bedroom? I don't. Unless it's a leftover from... Because they say that his wife died when she was 50. And he's, what, 70-something? So she's been dead for a while. So maybe it was a remnant of her thing, but he doesn't seem like... He doesn't seem like the sentimental type who would keep something like that. No, or would have been married to a super Christian lady (laughs) like long ago, you know what I mean? Neither of those things. So I really don't understand what this painting is doing in, in this house but he also has a beware of dog sign and no dog so who knows what's going on with this man's interior decorating um ray comes out kenny's still up asking if he can get some blankets because he's cold kenny's very accommodating and nice to ray um lights up a, a pipe starts smoking weed gives some to ray um, they really draw it out. There's a bunch of, because Grandpa goes upstairs to get some tea for Ray, some sleepy time tea to help him sleep. And Carl's kind of milling around the kitchen like, oh, is this going to be where he gets the rat poison in? No, he doesn't do anything. He just hides behind the door. Then he comes downstairs to see what's going on. They give him some weed too, and he gets all paranoid. And gra- especially because Grandpa's talking some mad shit about when you die, you become a plant, and then you become an angel, and JFK, and we only kill the good people, and <laughs> raise up the villains, and... He's totally lost at this point, what he was talking about. It's just old hippie stuff. Yes. Nothing egregious, but just, you know. But I, you're not, but I don't, you don't get from that the feeling that this is the guy you're supposed to look at and go, oh, this is the hero of the movie. I hope he does not die this Christmas. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um... <coughs> so the next morning everyone's in the kitchen except for Carl and Ray or uh, Kenny and Ray Grandpa Kenny and, and Ray and for reasons that I'm still not sure about Carl tells everyone because they're like oh why isn't Grandpa up yet it's like late it's like almost like 10 or 11 or whatever and he's like uh, don't go in there Grandpa's dead And they're like, what do you mean Grandpa's dead? Did you check? He's like, yeah, I checked. We didn't see any scene of that. Last we saw, he was high. So we don't know if... Did he kill him? Is he lying? But why doesn't he want them to go check? Like, it's a real... But apparently he went in to check. He was going to smother him with a pillow instead of poison him. And saw he already wasn't breathing, so he just went, oh shit, he's dead. And just left him there. Um, but once he tells him, no one runs to check. 
Because whether you want Grandpa dead for his inheritance or you don't, you would think you would still... Like, at least feign that you're concerned. Go check. Or call the police or something. they're more concerned about belittling Carl. You know, wouldn't you think to tell somebody? Wouldn't you think to resuscitate him? Wouldn't, you know, they're just... They're just taking the opportunity to bag more on Carl. Yeah, Carl can't do anything right, whether he's killing someone or not killing someone. <laughs> Either way, he's failing someone in the house. Um, but yeah, no one goes to check. Well, they're very angry. And, um... So, yeah, Carl takes Brett aside and tells him that, yeah, he went in, went into use a pillow on him, but he's already dead. But lo and behold, he just has... Grandpa comes downstairs. He's alive and well. He just has sleep apnea. So he'd stop breathing for a couple minutes <laughs> or something. Um, and that was the confusion. So he thought he... Carl thought he maybe gotten off the hook on that one, but no. Grandpa's still going to have to get euthanized. Um, <coughs> so <laughs> Brett takes... Ray out for a walk, pushing his wheelchair. And here's where the movie gets real crazy, real weird, real fast. Because this comes out of left fucking field. Yeah, this was not something that I thought would ever happen in this movie. So, <laughs> Ray is trying to tell Brett, like, oh, you're not going to believe. I'm not going to do the voice. I'm not going to do the voice. <clears throat> but... You're not going to believe what happened last night. Crazy things happened last night. And he's like, what? Well, what happened? And what he reveals is, in, well, not graphic detail, but detail, that Ray and Kenny hooked up last night and had sex. Raw, wi these are quotes, raw, wild, animalistic sex. It's the best thing that's ever happened to Ray. He loves Grandpa Kenny now. Grandpa Kenny loves him. And they, they're going to get married. <laughs> and this comes, like, we didn't see any of that. We saw them talking and getting high. And I don't mean we didn't see them having sex. But, I mean, we didn't even see, like, flirting or any sort of, or if that's the writer's idea of flirting, then God help any women in his proximity. Because it was... Or men, if that's his thing. Yeah, it's, you know it's not. <laughs> um, if it is, it's kept real secret. Well, I will get to the last, very last thing in the movie, which is the most outrageous. Um, and then Brett says to Ray, 42-year-old men do not normally fall in love with the elderly. Yeah, and it's... But what I'm thinking is, Grandpa should know well enough that this man has this head trauma and he is vulnerable. So in my head... Grandpa is taking advantage of this vulnerable adult. Yeah, and that's the thing that is never mentioned whatsoever. Never. It's mentioned that to, I hate to give the movie credit, but to the movie's credit, it doesn't feel like what's grossing Brett out is the fact that it's gay, but that Grandpa's so old. Like, you can do better. Why would you, like, good for you for getting some dick, but why does it have to be this old man? <laughs> Also, because now you're fucking, he doesn't tell him this, but also you're fucking with our plans for this inheritance. You know, you're 
throw in a spanner in the works. But yeah, no one brings up the the notion that Grandpa Kenny should maybe not be messing around with a mentally handicapped and vulnerable person <laughs> of any persuasion. Like, that's never brought up at all. So, I, I don't know. Which, and if you didn't have him doing that voice, you would think, oh, he just had a head, head injury and he's, you know, but there's nothing wrong with his faculties. Right. He's smart and fine because he doesn't seem like a stupid person. It's just that goddamn voice. Well, yeah, the voice clearly is meant to sound derogatory and like he is mentally challenged severely. And if you didn't have that, then I wouldn't have any questions about like, if a 42-year-old and a 70-year-old, like, they're adults, whatever. They can do what they want. But the fact that Kenny is compromised that way. Or Ray is compromised. Yes, Ray. That makes it weird for Grandpa to go after him. Like, and it's clear that Grandpa instigated this. Mm-hmm. So it's all, it's very weird. It's so out of place in this movie and it's a sidetrack and a detour that's also just making it longer than it needs to be because this isn't a long movie but it sure feels like it yeah it does um my notes get real sparse from here on out it's hard to pay attention to (laughs) (laughs) i remember so you i had already watched it you were watching it um and I heard you laugh, and I spun around because I was like, I can't believe she just laughed at something in this movie. And I said, did you just laugh at a quote-unquote joke in this movie? And you said, no, I was looking at my phone. I cut my Somebody, one of my relatives, sent me a, a funny meme. Yeah, the meme was really funny, and it made me laugh. I just got a sudden text and glanced down, and it made me laugh. So not only were you not laughing at the movie, you were having trouble even paying attention to it because it's actively daring you to pay attention to it. Um, so <laughs> now Brett and Lee are outside. They're having an argument. Well, Brett's, Brett's explaining to Lee, like, you're not going to believe what's what's going on. Your grandpa and my brother hooked up. She's like, yeah, I know. Grandpa just told me all about it. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and no big deal. But, yeah, but the problem for her is that it's she now she's like you need to get your brother under control because he's like horning in on my 2.2 million like what's going to happen with our inheritance you know and here's where we find out that thomas um is actually lee brett and lee are sleeping together are having an affair which presumably jen does not carl for sure doesn't know about jen now i wonder the fact that she saw that text that she kind of knew what was going on yeah and she's not gonna do anything about it because maybe she's hoping she can get some of the money yeah i don't know Uh, yeah i don't really know what her plan in all this is but so now brett is feeling bad he's like well now i can't if my brother's in love with this old bastard i can't maybe we shouldn't kill him because i don't want to upset my brother like he's been through enough and lee pushes him down and is like well you're never getting this again like that wasn't the plan you're you know we're doing what we're supposed to do and then you and me can run off together with this 2.2 million dollars and you know 
Um, so maybe for a second, bread is <laughs> become a found some a morals, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, but so now we really get the idea that Lee Lee is the ringleader of this. Like this is very much she's the driving force behind this kill grandpa idea that's now trickled down to Carl. And especially if we can get Carl to do it for us, then we're like off the hook, you know. As if he won't tell police that like, oh, they totally told me to do this. <laughs> like they forced me to do this. Like he's ever gonna say, Oh yeah, it was all my idea. Like um. Yeah, and I wrote here's the padding because all of this this chunk of the movie, this sort of fifteen twenty minutes, is just so. You're like, okay, can pointless. we it's can we just get to the end now? And you just it's like a birthday party, and I I wrote down fertilizing the land, but I don't remember what that quote was in reference to. It this was one of those strange quotes I wrote down. Yeah, Grandpa Kenny says something about, like, nobody has respect for the land anymore. You have to t take care of the land. Cause I get, but we, we get no indication that this isn't a farm they live on. Yeah. He's not a farmer. And he was still upset about, like, that uh, Lee wasn't pregnant. But what about Jen? I never see him getting on Jen and Brett about having a baby. But Carl and Lee, like... No, it's Brett that he's he's yelling at Brett to get... Jen pregnant. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. Okay. He doesn't seem to care if <laughs> Lee, Lee and Carl ever get pregnant. Yeah, I had that yeah. It's easy to do. Um, Carl asks Lee, you know, if we lost everything, you know, would we still be like we were when we first met? We were so in love and smoking weed and making love. And, and she <laughs> flat out tells him, she's like, no, if we lost everything, we're getting a divorce. Like, <laughs> so now, I mean, this guy's really on his last leg here. Um, <coughs> yeah, it's not only is it Christmas, it's also Grandpa Kenny's birthday, apparently. They are having a birthday party. Kenny says he's changing the will. He and Ray are taking the $2.2 and going off to Europe for their honeymoon. So none of these other people are going to get into this money. I guess he doesn't mention if they can still have the house or not, but presumably he's looking to come back from you. I don't know if they're going to stay in Europe or come back and live in the house, but either way, probably the money and the house are now off the table. So, And he says he's going to go tomorrow to the lawyer to change the will. So now there's a real clock on this. The clock's ticking. we really got to get this old man in the ground. <laughs> um, yeah, he gives... Because he gives Jen this Native American fertility phallus. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's like he went to like pottery class and made like this neon yellow ceramic dildo for her, basically. Which I mean, I know the family's messed up, but that's maybe that's not a gift a grandfather gives his granddaughter. No. I would hope not. So, <laughs> um, <coughs> then, yeah, Jen is, as usual, super drunk, reveals that she knows that Carl has hair plugs. So, Lee's upset at her for 
revealing that she revealed that Carl's mad at Lee for giving out that secret and also denying that he would well no I guess she caught him maybe he's not denying it but um yeah it's just I think it's supposed to be the moment where everybody just kind of blows up but it was really anticlimactic well it's Jen in particular who blows up because she's super drunk and she's yelling how she hate you know like she's stuck in this stupid family and she doesn't want this stupid house and her husband is stupid and her sister's stupid and grandpa's stupid and then she pukes in the cake and passes out on it which is, <laughs> I guess, the best possible outcome for this particular birthday party. <laughs> Nobody got shot, so that's about the best you can hope for. That night, everybody's in bed. Carl, we see Carl stocking up the stairs with the pillow. Cause Watching this pillow, like, he's just so conflicted. Uh, but he's, he's got to get it done this time. And then we cut to the next morning. We don't know what happened. Jen comes out, seems to be sober and very happy. Very uh, 180 from last night. So something has happened. Um, and again, they're like, well, well where's Grandpa? Why doesn't Grandpa come down? And where's Carl, too? And Jen says, well, you know, it's funny. I saw Carl last night. I came out to get a drink. And Carl was sitting on the stairs, clutching this pillow, crying. And basically, Carl spilled the beans to Jen about the whole thing. Um, and that not only had he planned to suffocate Grandpa, but when he went in to do it, Grandpa had a heart attack, and he wound up giving Grandpa a guinea CPR and reviving him. So now he's <laughs> Carl is Kenny's hero. Um, Jen knows about the whole, the whole plan. Lee is angry that Carl resuscitated her grandfather. Yeah, and it, it, the whole thing is just bizarre. Um, yeah, this yeah, this is like our parlor scene where Jen is kind of conducting and Jen is revealing. So she reveals that, and then she also calls. She, she takes, grabs. Yeah, she takes Brett's phone and she dials Thomas, and whose phone rings but Lee's. Yeah. So then it seems like she kind of already knew anyway. But yeah, so now that affair is busted. Everything's out in the open. Grandpa comes downstairs with his gun, shoots it into the ceiling, and he's got Lee and Brett like down on their knees, and he's contemplating if he's going to execute them or not. Um, so again, like, who is the hero of this? I guess it's Carl. Because Carl did the right thing, but does do the filmmakers think that that's the right thing? Or <laughs> I don't know. Is that how he proves his manhood? Is he stands up to the women and he's not gonna kill Grandpa? Yeah. Well, and and to Brett as well. Right. Um, he's not gonna be their pawn or their servant and do their bidding for them. I don't know. Uh, yes. Um, Grandpa winds up letting them go instead of killing them. Lee's like, come on, Carl, let's go. Let's get in the car. Give me the car keys. And then Carl, in his big man moment, thump your chest, says, walk. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, good for him. That's his, his hero moment. So she storms off. So now 
we're going to have this wedding right now. Carl officiates. Ray and Kenny have insane vows about, like, do you take this paralyzed lump as your, <laughs> like, to be with forever, even though you're, and to never be apart, even though at an atomic level you're never really apart. And so there's just all this, like, overwritten junk. And then we have, and if you had at any point in this movie you had a doubt like well surely the people who made this movie didn't mean any of this like this is just like a bad attempt at satire they can't really be you know this I don't know what even the word was right wing or whatever but here's so you may now kiss your husband Kenny and Ray go to kiss, and a giant red sticker goes over their face that says censored. Because God forbid we even, sh- in this movie where we've had discussions about, like, nasty gay sex, but we are not going to show these two pe- these two men kiss on screen. And that's the last thing that happens in the movie. That's the note you go out on is... Because it's not, it can't be that, like, oh, that's supposed, that isn't that funny. It's not supposed to be, like, it's literally, like, this is too gross to show you. Because gay people are gross. I mean, what else could it possibly be? Uh, uh, yeah, that you're right. There's nothing else it could be. It's got to be, we can't possibly show you two men engaging in kissing because that would be an affront. Like, the rest of the movie wasn't. <laughs> Well, and it's an R-rated movie, so it's not like... I don't know. I don't even know. Man, it's... It's real junk. It's real trash. Um, and I hope to forget about it now. Yeah, you had said... I was like, all right, when do you want to record? And she was like, right away, so I can never talk about this again. <laughs> so we, we watched it, and then we recorded, like, just a couple minutes later. Yeah, that's... Let's kill Grandpa this Christmas. Uh, so not only did I get a Christmas movie two weeks after Christmas instead of like at Christmas time, but that's just the nature of the random movie selection. But it had to be this one. Like I was worried that I would get like one of those shitty like Lifetime Christmas <laughs> movies or like The Christmas Princess or any you know some TV rom com bullshit. But, uh, man, I would have much rather had two of those than this thing. This is... Uh, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Rough. Not not the worst made movie that we've done for the show. But certainly the worst as far as what it stands for, what it's trying to say, what it thinks is funny. Um, and I, I mean, nothing in this movie is funny. So... <coughs> Yeah. I, I hesitate to say it's the worst we've watched, but certainly <laughs> it's pretty it's got to be at least close. And on top of that the acting is all rough. <laughs> rough. You can call it acting. <clears throat> I mean it's acting, it's just yeah. Everyone's pre- actually Jen is uh, okay. Like, not great, but compared to... C- 
Carl in particular is bad. Ray is bad. Kenny's pretty bad. <coughs> I don't know. It's all pretty bad. Let's never speak of it again. Yes. Let's push the magic button to see what the movie for next week is, chosen completely at random from everything streaming on the internet. Not on the internet. What am I, 60 years old? Mm-hmm. Everything streaming is what I mean to say. And the movie for next week is... What in the world is that? Okay. Disney Plus. It's our first Disney Plus movie. Eddie's Million Dollar Cookout. Or Cook Off. Is that what that says? Cook Off. Why can't I read? Yes, Cook Off. Eddie's Million Dollar Cook Off from 2003. Looks like it's a Disney Channel original movie. So... That should be interesting. It looks like it's baseball and cooking. I don't know. Should be interesting. I'm certainly not the target audience for it, so I will try to be not kind, but understanding. I understand that not everything is made for me, but there are there are lots of quote-unquote children's things that I very much enjoy as an adult. So just the fact that it's a thing for kids doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to hate it, but the fact that it's a Disney Channel original movie probably means I'm going to hate it. We'll see. But, yeah. So, uh, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off for next week. That is your homework, should you choose to accept it. That'll do it for myself and Carrie for this week. Have a good one. Yes, thank you guys. Bye.